Episode 49 of the Baby Mamas. Let's not bury the lead. Jackie, are you pregante? No. No. (laughs) No. (laughs) No, unfortunately, the first round of IUI didn't work. Um, Which, whatever. I, it was hard. (laughs) It was. It was hard. I was, fuck, these drugs are really doing a number on me. These, um... The letrozole is really like, I feel like I have like three normal days a month on them. So far, yeah. It's been really hard. You've been getting really bad headaches and... Intense ovulation pain, nausea, like the side effects, I feel like I'm getting all of them. Fatigue, depression, difficulty sleeping, which was really fun when you have fatigue and difficulty sleeping together. I can sleep during the day, just not at night that right. Yeah, which is super fun. Um... I feel like a crazy person. My mood is all over the place. Like today I was crying. I was angry. I've been like every emotion in the book today. And I felt like she's been so short with me. Like instead of just asking me or reminding me to do something, which is our normal discourse in our relationship, would be like, babe, can you just do these dishes? Or, hey, don't put the whites in with the darks in the laundry or whatever it is. Stuff that like has been our day to day for years now suddenly it's like oh why can't you just get this right this is where the whites go and this is where the darks goes i don't know why this is so complicated for you but you can't and that you have no patience for me anymore (laughs) well i mean you said it it's been years so you think you would (laughs) have figured this out by now but see here's the thing at first i felt guilty and then i was like nope i can't I, I'm trying, obviously, not to take it out on you, but I really don't have a whole lot of extra patience or resources right now. So I finally kind of, like, was like, no, you just have to, like, be nicer to me. You just have to be more understanding because this is the de- the deal. And you were, I mean, it wasn't, the letrozole wasn't as hard on you. No, it um, was not. You had more trouble just with, like, the whole process in general because there was so much pressure and you wanted a baby so badly so you still had like crazy, like pretty intense emotions around it, but it wasn't caused by the drug. However, I was just incredibly understanding of all of that. So I'm understanding too. It was it just it took me a while to kind of accept. You didn't believe it. You thought it was just me being a horrible bitch. No, I just couldn't quite put my finger on it because I was like, really, is this the drugs, or sh- or is it just you've been home from work for a while? Mm-hmm. We've been spending a lot more time together than we normally do. AKA plus all of our time together, essentially. Yeah, plus all the stress yeah. of, you know, having a baby and the challenges that come along with her and whatever. It just finally clicked recently that I was like, okay, I think it's not that she fucking hates me suddenly. <laughs> I think it's probably the letrozole. How could you think I could hate you? Because I, was, I do everything wrong. Well, I mean, that's not my fault. <laughs> but normally you're more patient like I said you'll just be like oh can you do the dishes and I'll be like yep and I'll do them but instead you are just you were just snapping at me yeah yeah that's like yeah that's kind of all I was capable of that's how I feel I'm just I really god these headaches I have one right now these headaches are just insane and that's why we haven't really been recording because every night the Angie's like we should record I'm like oh I just feel terrible I can't like bring myself to be energetic and entertaining and um, you guys deserve better than that (laughs) on cycle day well let's let's talk about the two-week wait oh god you mean the 18 million day wait it was so funny because jackie going into this was like i'm not gonna test and she was remarkably just sort of calm calmer than i was i think when i was going through the two-week wait and then all of a sudden something switched and she was like i can't stop thinking about whether or not i'm pregnant am i pregnant do you think i'm pregnant do you think i'm pregnant am i pregnant should i test i'm gonna test and i was like whoa 
kind of came out of nowhere. It was like, it felt like this like slow takeover of my brain. Like I was like, this is fine. I'm just going to, there's nothing I can do. There's no point in testing early. I'm not going to get any real information from that because if it's negative, it could be a false negative. That's not going to get me any more like, you know, any closer to the truth. I'm just going to leave it. And then like probably around day eight or nine, maybe. I think it was about yeah. just over halfway through. I was just like, "Fuck!" Well, because you were like, "Let's just do a sneak, like just do like a what did you say? A fun, a fun test. Let's just do a fun test." <laughs> and you kind of got the idea in my head because I was like, "Nope, I'm, it just like wasn't an option in my head at all." And then you were like, "Let's just do one. Let's just do one." And I was like, "Okay." Like I was so not into it. I was like, "Whatever. I don't care." And then we did it, and then it was like, "Oh, you should keep doing that." <laughs> it was like instantly, this like little voice in my head was like, "No, no, this is the way. Keep doing it. Pee on everything. <laughs> Pee on all the sticks." Like, oh my god, I just, it, I couldn't, I couldn't stop thinking about it after that. And you did some sneaky tests that I didn't know about. I only did one. Only one. It was only one without you. Oh, okay. I thought about it a lot, but I only actually did it once. And then I, after Jackie told me that, I told her that I did sneaky tests that she didn't know about, too, when I was trying to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. Because I thought, I always had this idea about if, um, like, it was close to our anniversary. I was like, I'll do a sneaky test. And then if I am pregnant, I'll surprise Jackie. But then I never was. It was never close to our anniversary. We started in, like... No, we had one in August. Because no. when we first started trying September, November, was Pride. October. So then... We went to a friend's wedding, and you were quite miserable there because you yeah. didn't know whether or not you are pregnant, but you are pretty sure that you weren't. Yeah, because I had done a couple tests leading up to it, and I was like, I'm not pregnant. I like There would be some sort of indication by that point, and I was like so, so sure that I wasn't pregnant, and I had done the blood test that morning, and usually you get the results like later in the day, and I just kept thinking, okay, well, hopefully I'll get the results, and then I can have some drinks, and I can relax, and I can like shake off this last month because it was really rough. And it took forever for the results to come in and just like, it just put me in a really weird headspace and like, it was really quite a struggle to like deal with Sterling and be at this wedding. It was just like a very cash backyard thing. It wasn't like actually, it was just a reception. But it was also the first time that we were sort of like keeping her out past her bedtime. Yeah. And then the possibility of maybe should we put her down to sleep here? And... Yeah, it was just a, it was a new thing for us. Yeah, we were trying to be flexible and (laughs) what that resulted in was no fun for us. (laughs) We were both just like stressed out. It was super hot. We were trying to like get her to sleep and she wouldn't sleep because there's so much going on and there was kids running around everywhere. It was so funny though because we kept being like, okay, no, seriously, let's like put her to sleep now. Okay, I'm really going to try this time. And then one of us would try for like uh, 20 minutes maybe and then we'd be like, we should just like stop and let her like run around. Okay, yeah, let's do that. And we then were we'd like so fucking flaky. Yeah, about we were flip flopping for like hours. And if we had just decided either we are gonna put her to sleep and we're gonna stick to that, or we're fucking not gonna put her to sleep and let her do whatever she wants. Mm-hmm. But we flip flopped for so long that that was the majority of what we spent our time doing at this I wedding. I, I like we annoyed the fuck out of me. <laughs> like, <laughs> seriously, like, and we keep doing this. We keep, like, it keeps kind of cropping up in the last, like, month. I'm like, what is our fucking problem? Why can't we just make a goddamn decision and stick to it instead of, like, one day being like, oh, we should really, like, move her naps earlier the next day. Being like, ah, let's drop the second half. Uh, like, fuck. Yeah, I know. <laughs> We're so indecisive. It's so obnoxious. Anyway, so, yeah, the wedding, I, I felt kind of shitty because I wasn't, I finally got the results and it was negative and I was like, and then it just, like, made me sad. I was like, oh, okay, I don't even feel better. So it was, like, so far into the wedding, too, that, like, everyone else was kind of tipsy, but I was, like, way far behind, and, uh, yeah, I feel bad that I was, like, kind of lame. Sterling then actually did sleep, and then she was, like... She had a half an hour nap at, like, 7.30. She usually goes to bed around 8.30, yeah. and then was, like, walk me around, because now she can walk holding our hands, and that's all she wants to do. Yeah. So... And after that, like, we did... I did kind of loosen up. I had, like... I think I only had, like, I say a glass of wine, but it was, like, a solo cup full of wine. <laughs> um, it was, like, two glasses of wine. Yeah, maybe three. Um, yeah, it's more like three or four because those things were, like, 16 ounces or something. Anyway. And I did loosen up a bit, and Sterling kind of was, like, being adorable, and everyone was... Yeah, I, I had a bit more fun at the end of the night, 
I just I feel bad that I was kind of like the worst. You weren't the worst. Oh my no, god. I know. I just I don't know. I was like weird with people, and I was having a hard time like being social, and it just kind of sucked for me. Because she's like a really good friend, and I really wanted to celebrate with her, and I don't know that I actually did. I think you did. It was awkward. I think for you socially, because there was a lot of people who you used to be friends with there and they're on a different wavelength because they don't have kids. Yeah. So you found it really hard, hard to connect with them. Yeah. And there was like that group of people were mostly like hanging out in like this smoking area. And I'm like, obviously I can't do that. I'm wearing my baby. So it kind of put up this weird like divide. And I know some of it was me and some of it was maybe just circumstance. Um, but it did feel really awkward. Yeah. And I don't think that, you are good at being socially awkward. Like, no, I feel like I've been socially awkward my whole life, so I know how to handle it, and I mm-hmm. have coping mechanisms, and maybe people just accept that about me. I don't know. But I feel like you get socially awkward, and then you don't know what to do with that feeling. Yeah, it makes me feel really anxious and really, really uncomfortable, and it really, like, bums me out. I feel like when it, as I'm getting older, I'm getting less socially competent, which doesn't make any sense. Like, I feel like I used to be a lot more comfortable in social settings where I, where I didn't know a lot of people, and now I just feel, like, super awkward. But that could also be, like, mental health issues and, like, other anxieties and stuff. I don't, I don't really know. Do you think it's because we are hanging out with people socially more without drinking? Uh, maybe. Maybe. I mean, I guess it could be that. It's also just like a different role. I think it's like trying to understand how to be, I don't know. I, I feel like a lot of people our age who don't have kids are really in, like not very understanding of the people who have kids. And I, it puts me kind of on my back foot. I feel like defensive sort of like I have to explain why my daughter's being like whiny or I have to explain why I'm stressed out because she's not sleeping or like, I don't know, maybe that's part of it that I'm trying to kind of, um, buffer the situation instead of just being like yeah this is I'm a parent this is like makes me different when I'm in a social setting when I'm like with my daughter yeah I feel less socially awkward with her because I feel like it gives you gives you no not a topic because I don't actually really want to talk about her with people but it gives me a reason to ignore people you know Mm. like I'm oh I'm just sitting here like breastfeeding her I have to walk her around the corner and be by myself Whereas yeah. before I'd be like, it would be weird if I just sat at a table alone doing mm-hmm. nothing. Mm-hmm. So you then you try and find things to do if you didn't want to talk to people or if you feel awkward starting conversation or whatever. But now, and it is an in because then I was talking to people like about her, other people with kids being like, mm-hmm. oh, how old is she? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So it's and weird. We're it, like switching kind of. I know. And it was actually really cute because Sterling had so much fun with this other little kid who was like, 15 months and Sterling's like 11 so they were like grab like holding hands and like playing and stuff and it was really really cute so that was nice like there was definitely I didn't have no fun I just feel like I should have had more fun than I did yeah but I just I don't know I'm trying my best to kind of just like accept things as they come and like be okay with how hard this has been on me but I feel like crying right now and I don't really know why (laughs) it's just like I don't think I've ever had this kind of intensity in my just in like, I guess my hormones, just like making me feel so much so often. (laughs) And it's kind of weird also coming on the tail end of like being on a stress leave from work and like, it's just weird timing. Like I was saying today that I felt like a lot of the past six months has been like trying to feel like myself again. And it's sort of difficult timing because just when I was starting to feel good again and feel like competent and like I don't know, like empowered maybe is the word. Then we started this process and it's so fucking hard that it's just like, God damn it. Like, it's just, it's like hard to feel like this again. Uh, It just feels like a lot of like, a lot of the last six months has been stuff that's outside of my control, I guess. And that's really hard for me. I like, I'm kind of a control freak. I like to, I'm an A type, right? So I want to be able to, put everything in its place and like know what's happening and organize everything and I can't do that right now it's really shitty (sighs) I didn't really expect that to happen (laughs) it's not gonna be this way forever though right like everything always changes I know I know that 
I just feel like one day I'm just fucking angry. The next day I feel sick. The day after that I feel fucking, like, overwhelmed. I don't know. It's just... It's a lot of things. We talked about maybe calling the doctor and seeing if you could switch to Clomid. But you don't want to do that. I'm just scared because, like, they... The doctor said that Clomid has, like, worse side effects than letrozole. And, I mean, it could just... Like, I've, I've talked to another woman recently who has been doing the IUI thing for a while. And she's been on a bunch of different meds. And she said that her body really didn't respond well to letrozole either. And, I mean, I don't know. Part of me is, like, if I'm getting the side effects, then that means the drug's working at least. Like, it should be doing its job as well. But I'm just scared that Clomid could be worse. And I'm going back to work soon, like, in the next couple weeks. So I'm just worried. Um... Because I feel like at least I know what to expect now. And I don't know. I mean, fuck. Hopefully this just works this month and I don't have to think about it again. Then I'll have other other hormones to deal with. Yeah. So you get these headaches. Oh, God. These and they don't, they don't respond to meds, right? They, not like the meds sort of take a bit of an edge off, but it's not. Oh, God. It's fucking brutal. I have never had headaches like this. Like they're so specific. And you said one day, you were like, is it, like, have you had enough water? I was like, it's nothing, like, it's not that. Also, I generally drink a decent amount of water, but it's, like, nothing, no kind of headache I've ever had. It's very specific. Um, and then yesterday, I was feeling, like, sick, kind of. Like, yesterday, I was so happy because I was overtake because I take the letrozole from cycle day three to seven. So yesterday was, what, day nine? No, day eight? Anyway. I wasn't taking the meds anymore, and I finally kind of come out of that fog of, like, feeling like shit, um, and we, like, went out in the morning, like, we got ready early, and we, like, had breakfast, and got ready, and we went out, and you ran, and I had, like, a nice long power walk with Sterling in the sun, and it was so beautiful out, and we were, like, having such a good day, and I was feeling so good, and then we got home, and I just, like, crashed and felt like, I don't even know how to describe it, I just felt sick, and weak, and tired, and achy, and, like, really upset stomach and I couldn't eat and like ugh, it just is fucking it's been constant so I feel also on top of all of that stuff I've been feeling guilty too because I'm not as present for Sterling and I'm not as present for you so you're having to do more for her and you know you haven't had as much time to do the things you need to do which is like you're you know working on your photography and like doing your social media stuff like I'm feeling like a failure a little bit. You're not failing. It's not like you're doing it on purpose. It would be one thing if, like, you were hungover because you went out with your friends the uh -huh. day before, and then you're like, oh, I can't get up with the baby. I'm too sick. Then I'd be like, fuck you. Uh -huh. But this is not something you have control over. I know, but I feel like because it's putting so much more pressure on you that you are, like, less patient with me because you're having to do more and, like, Sterling's kind of going through a regression right now like a sleep regression so naps have been really challenging she's been a little bit she's been like I mean this is like normal everyone says all the books say that around one they like because she's just she's like close to being able to walk on her own she walks sort of between us she's like entering this like developmental leap where they start to understand things in like more of a holistic sense and around all of these like developmental leaps they things suffer, right? So she can't sleep very well. Her eating's not great. Her behavior, she's just like whiny all of a sudden. Like not really whiny whiny, but like tantrum -y. Like the second she doesn't get what she wants, she kind of does this screechy thing and both of us are just like, fuck. Like, <laughs> I don't like this. Is our kid turning into a brat? Ah, like, it's just things have gotten harder. It feels like on all fronts right now. Yeah, for sure. Sterling's sleep thing has it like the past couple days specifically we're both like what the hell I came out and we've been flip-flopping too because I remember Ugh. I came out after an athlete was like I can't do this anymore this is fucking ridiculous I she pulls at me and she cries and she spits out her soother and then she grabs my face and she grabs my hair and she grabs my ears and then she cries and spits out her soother she again she smacks you in the and face and she smacks really me in hard. the face and yeah. then she wants to breastfeed no she doesn't want to breastfeed she pulls off she pulls my nipples it's like 
It's infuriating. It's trying to get, like, a Tasmanian devil to calm down. Yeah. And she's not, like, a really rambunctious kid. No. It's, it's not... It feels like all of a sudden our sweet little, like, pretty chill baby has become this, like, toddler, <laughs> I guess is the word. <laughs> oh, it's just, like, the minute you think you kind of have your, like, bearings as a parent, you, you find everything changes and you're like, I have no fucking idea what I'm doing again. Yeah, but I came out after a nap and after finally getting her to sleep in which I had to do by putting her in the ergo carrier and then basically holding her arms down with my arms. And then she was like, what the fuck are you doing? And that felt weird, like restraining her, but Mm -hmm. it was the only way to get her to just stop and bouncing on the ball until she fell asleep. And I was like, yeah, I can't do this anymore. Like, this is just a regression. It's fine. It's normal. It won't always be this hard. This this isn't what it's always like. I'm like, no, this is what it's always like. This is the thing, I swear, every time things get harder with her, especially around sleep, you stop seeing, like I said yesterday, I was like, you can't see the forest for the trees. It's not always this hard. She doesn't usually fight us like this. That's different. That's the regression. Um, And then it came to be Jackie's bedtime, and she had a hell of a time. Oh, God. In which I had to take over. That was like a combination of... Sterling being really difficult and me just feeling like shit. I felt so sick. I couldn't even sit up to like rock her or hold her or anything, which I'm starting to realize we need to fucking get out of. Like, she's almost a year old. We need to stop having to do this. It's too much. Like, we've kind of backed ourselves into a corner a little bit with her sleep, I think. I don't know. I'm honestly getting to the point, too, where any talk about it, I'm just like, fuck, I don't want to talk about it anymore. I don't want to think about it anymore. I don't know what to do, but we kind of have like a semi-plan. We're going to try and follow the no cry sleep solution because we need to do something. Even though we were like, we don't need to sleep train. Like we need it. It's not for Sterling. It's for us. Because we're going to, we're getting a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. Because Jackie texted me from the bedroom and was like, I'm just going to put her in her crib. I didn't mean put her in a crib and let her and leave and let her cry it out. I just meant like put her in her crib because she wouldn't. She last night was so difficult. She like wouldn't. Well, first I got her to sleep, but it was like under duress. Same situation where she was like, she does this thing with me where she like, she always pulls on my hair like hard. Like she will grab a full handful at the back of like the nape of my neck and just yank on it. And then she rips my, my, I have stretched ears. So she rips the plugs out like the wrong way and it hurts and then she puts her fingers in the holes and pulls them like I can't I can't handle it it makes me I I like instantly get so mad I don't take it out on her or anything but it's just like no like I don't have any patience for this I'm not gonna put up with this which I think is good I shouldn't let her hurt me and I never do but the minute she starts doing that I'm like nope that's it I'm not fucking doing it so I I put her arms like normally she's got her arms up in the ergo and like I try not to use it at night but lately there's no other option so I like put her arms down and then tighten it so much that she can't get them back up and she hates it for like three seconds and then she's like oh yeah I'm so fucking tired and just goes to sleep but it sucks Mm -hmm. I hate it so much and I did all of that which is like already so much work and so much effort and I think more of it is the mental effort too right so I did all of that and then I took her out of the carrier and I got on the bed, she fucking woke up, and I was like, no, like, I don't even have the energy for this. So then I was just, like, laying on the bed, and I was like, okay, whatever, just do your thing. And then she was crawling all over me, and then she started hitting me, and then she started, I was just like, I can't, I just couldn't, yeah. I didn't have anything left right at that point. I was like, I can't do this. Like, it's, it had already been half an hour, and I was, like, nowhere. So It's so weird, because she doesn't do this, like, pulling and like pulling on ears and all that kind of stuff during the day. No, she doesn't do that. It's only bedtime. It's bedtime that she's like, oh, well, now I'm going to start hurting people. It was only bedtime. And now all of a sudden it's nap time too. Yeah. Like this morning I was like, okay, I'm going to have, I'm going to put her to bed for her first nap, which is traditionally with Sterling is the easiest nap. She gets really sleepy after breakfast and we just put her down. It's fine. Ugh, it wasn't. And I was like, no. Like, please, why are you, I just felt like, she, like, I stopped remember, I stopped knowing that she wasn't trying to piss me off. And I was like, why are you doing this to me in my head? It was just like, why, why are you doing this to me? What did I, aren't I a good mom? Don't I care for you? Don't I do what you need me to? Like, don't we play? Don't we have fun? Oh God. 
Yeah. It's been a very trying few days with her specifically. Like, and that's the hardest thing too, is that I hate being frustrated with her. It like makes me so sad. Um, yeah, that's why I came in. Cause you're like, I'm just going to put her in the crib. And I was like, I know from just from trying to get her to sleep. And then at night, if then I have to resort to the ergo, I'll put her in the crib just as somewhere to put her. And as soon as you do that, she's like, you can see she gets scared. Like you can tell on her face. She's she like, does this ah! and then her crying escalates five times more. But she does that even when like I, same thing for me, if I have to like abandon ship and put on the ergo when, when I'm trying to put her to bed at night, I put her on the bed and she f- screams. Yeah. So then I was like, well, but I don't that, want things to get worse. So just yeah. let me, obviously you're frustrated. Let mm-hmm. me just do it. Which I appreciated. But that was the thing too that really like I couldn't understand last night that made me so frustrated is that she was pushing away from me. She wanted to get away from me. So I'd let her get off of me and she was crawling around the bed and then she'd come back and cry at me because I wasn't holding her. And I was like, I, I don't know what you want. Like you don't want me to hold you up over my shoulder. You don't want me to hold you like a baby. You don't want me to let you just lay on me. You don't want me to lay beside you. You don't want me to put you down. What the fuck do you want kid? Like, and then like in my head, I, all I could think was like, I get why that guy wrote, go the fuck to sleep because, oh my God, go the fuck to sleep. You're <laughs> so tired. And then I, and then I heard the amazing advice people always give me is, oh, babies will sleep when they're tired. And I just like, was like, fuck those people. They have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> babies are so dumb. Ugh. Yeah, that was tough. But like, it could have just been that she was just not wanting you. No offense. No, it happens. That's fine. She generally prefers you at night, which is, you know, I get it. She has more sleep associations with you than she does with me, even yeah. though she's gotten to spend the last six months with me, essentially. Anyway, so we're working on it. Now we're both just fantasizing, like, are there people out there who just put their babies down and walk away they just and like, say good night? Good night. Lay down. Read you a story, I'm going to get up, and I'm going to walk away, and you go to sleep, and it happens. Like, that is, like... Is that a real thing? That's, like, my my biggest dream right now. And then I keep thinking, oh, my God, I'm going to have another baby, hopefully, and then, then I have to do it all over again. But now I'm like, did we screw up with her? Like, we were so sure that we were doing the right thing by, like, co-sleeping and everything we were doing with her sleep that we were like, nope, this is right for her. And I'm like, is it right? Did we do it wrong? Um, I just don't think it would have worked. Like, we tried. Yeah, that's, that's my thing. Is like, we did try. I, we definitely tried to, like, put her down for naps and stuff. I tried so often right after, like, once she got to the point when, I don't know. I think we did try and put her down for her naps, but she would just wake up. Mm-hmm. Like, don't you remember, like, even when she was tiny 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 mm-hmm. if she was sleeping on me and then i'd be like hey, i'm gonna put her in this little soft cushy bed she would wake up yeah and then i have to pick her up again and she has she was always that way until right around the time we got home from australia and then i started to be able to put her down and she would stay sleeping for like mm-hmm. 15 minutes and then 20 minutes mm-hmm. and then half an hour and then it was like yes i'm getting a little bits of time for myself mm-hmm. so i think so now it's maybe just we've just exchanged headache for headache though because we could have done it then and just kept putting her down and kept but I I kind of feel like maybe she just needed us more then and I feel like that's okay but now it's getting to the point where it's like she's used to it she's so used to it that it's going to be harder to break the habit but I think she's more ready for us to break it does that make sense I don't know if she's ready but well, I mean, if you left it up to her, she'd sleep on us and have us rock her to sleep every night for, like, her whole life, probably. I was just thinking, like, we'll just get to the place, maybe this is, like, fantasy, where she can understand logic and <laughs> just be like, hey, you have a toddler bed now. We love you. You're safe. Now you sleep here. And that she would be like, okay. Well, you hear stories, too, about kids just being like, I want to sleep in my big girl bed. Like, you know, asking. And that may be true, and I don't think... We, I'm not, like, interested, really, at this point in getting her out of our bed. I just want her to go the fuck to sleep in, like, less than an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah. And to not require, like, wrecking my back in order to get her there. Like, <laughs> or, like, having to put her in a straitjacket. And I, I 
on my it's it is true though that we take turns being like fuck this is everything's terrible um but yesterday we were talking about it and I was like oh you know I was reading up on it and they said that like you don't want to drop the second nap too early because kids can often really have difficulties with sleep and get really exhausted when they learn to walk because it's so much energy expelled for them even more so than crawling I guess or just different I don't know um and that it can be a problem if they're you know that you can end up with like really cranky miserable kid if they're already in a habit of only having one nap and they're going through that so we had talked about okay well maybe we should wait until she's like 14 15 months until she's like more solid with her walking and to to kind of think about dropping her second nap and then today we dropped her second nap because we were just like fuck it it's not working I don't know what to do it's almost six o'clock we can't have a nap now because then that'll make everything impossible so I don't know this is the part that's making me want to like punch us in the face and then (laughs) bedtime was relatively easy yeah tonight for you she wasn't pulling she wasn't freaking out or anything she just sort of like rolled around a bit didn't have to rock her either and she just fell asleep yeah, that's my hero. I know it was so nice. Oh my god. Oh, I don't know. I I don't. I mean, I think just because she's dropped a nap today doesn't mean it's like never gonna have another second nap. But we'll see how we feel about it tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, tomorrow we might be inseminating. So right. So Hopefully Jackie, I don't get fucking angry and stressed out. Jackie got a positive ovulation today. Mm-hmm. But we're we're not rushing. We're gonna like try and hold off until it seems like your surge is coming to an end, if that's possible. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. We got all in our heads about it today because I was doing the OPK and I hadn't had a it was like my first pee of the day, so it was very concentrated. And it was like boom, like from yesterday being like very, very, very faint to today being like boom darker than the control line which is so weird for us because you yours never got darker they only got as dark um so then then I was like well does your like pee concentration matter like does that make it seem like you're ovulating when you're not is that possible and then we started looking into it and apparently you're supposed to use the like most concentrated urine so it's actually better if you hold your pee Ugh. um and I've tested every pee since and they've all said that I'm ovulating so but then I started getting all like, but I don't feel like I'm ovulating. And I, I usually feel like I'm ovulating when I ovulate. <laughs> so I usually feel it. So I don't know. Oh, this timing stuff is like the most stressful part. Because if we fuck up our timing, then we are throwing away like $1,400 essentially. Yeah. yeah. So that kind of pressure is intense. I also, like, kind of got worried or got bummed just going back to finding out I wasn't pregnant because I had really hoped that we'd have a baby in April Um, because we don't really have any April babies. And then now, if this works, we're going to have a May baby, and you hate May. May is, like, the month of, like, like horrible month of birthdays for her and Mother's Day and her mom's birthday and her brother's birthday and her best friend's birthday and her husband's and her son's birthday like it's everyone's birthday in May mm-hmm. so then I was like oh it's kind of sucky like will our baby then get like overshadowed or will it just be like another annoying birthday for you and then I was like nope fuck it <laughs> our baby's birthday will be the most important and all the rest of those birthdays can go fuck themselves speaking of birthdays who has a birthday coming up little Miss Sterling she sure does oh my god it's been a year almost it's crazy i can't believe it's already been almost a year but obviously this birthday is not coming without stress oh god like we could have planned this any worse (laughs) you know i I, mean it's typical like it's normal on mat leaves that you go back to work around their first birthday like that's how it works but i go back to work two days after her birthday my brother's coming into town specifically for her birthday which I don't know we could have a whole podcast on that, but it's going to be very stressful. He has a lot of expectations that nobody He's is like, going to be able to meet. We need to have enough family time together, so make sure you carve it out. I'm like, dude, cool your fucking jets, man, because I'm going to be gearing up to go back to work, and 
he also wanted to stay with us, and we had to say no. We were like, no, like he's not a good house guest. No. He, he's messy and... Inconsiderate. Yeah. No. And I was just like, even if Ange wanted him to stay, I was like, no, the answer is no. You're going back to work like at the end of that weekend, and that's not happening. It's just not going to work. No. Anyway. And then additionally, we have to have all of our parents around each other. <laughs> oh, God. I know. Between your mom and your dad, and then my mom and my stepmom, and my stepmom and my sister, and my stepmom and my nephew, and I don't know. I don't actually even know if there's an issue there, but it just feels like there's a lot of conflict. Yeah, it feels like there's a lot of drama, but people are going to have to learn to be around each other. Yeah, we've kind of, like, for, like, half a second entertained it, and they were like, nope. All these people share share Sterling, and it's her birthday, and it's not about their issues, and if they can't figure it out, that's not our problem. Mm-hmm. But my mom's threatening not to come because I'm not inviting her friend who has a psychotic child. Yes. Like, I think, genuinely. Although my mom says she's better, but the last time I experienced her, she was crazy. Yeah, I didn't invite them because they're not really my friends, but my mom's like, but they're my friends. And my mom also <laughs> wants to dictate what Sterling wears on her first birthday. Your mom kind of seems to forget that this baby is not hers <laughs> she's ours and that we get to make these decisions we decide who goes to her birthday we decide what she wears and it won't be a fucking horribly annoying i know what she would pick out taffeta dress oh god we went to how many stores today to try and find something for this kid to wear on her birthday and i hate everything <laughs> i hate well you have a very everything. very specific vision of what you want her to wear yeah what is so wrong with it i want her to wear some like harem style pants with some, like, a short-sleeved <laughs> button-up shirt and a bow tie and some suspenders. What's wrong with that? <laughs> I know. We're not going to find that. I don't think we're going to get the suspenders and bow tie. We got some harem pants today. Yeah, but they're basically sweatpants. They're fucking cute, but I was like, this is too dressed down for her first birthday. But they look like denim. Yeah, I still don't think. I don't know. I think we... I, I basically... Because I we went to, like, H&M, Gap... Uh, Old Navy, Joe, Joe winners. I was like, oh, we need to go to one of those like obnoxious, like hipstery, you know, locally sourced, organic, <laughs> blah, 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 kids clothing stores. Yeah. The ones that I hate, but actually have all the cute stuff. I just wanted to get her a onesie that says like one. And Jackie was like, no, this is what we need. And suddenly this outfit, which and then was today, one single piece I wanted to order on Amazon has now become like a a day trip to the mall yeah but then today i was like why don't we just put her in something she already has (laughs) let me order just that it's onesie i hate i think it's silly and also all the ones you're pointing out were like black we're gonna be outside in the park you wanted the kid to wear a black onesie the one that i liked was baseball raglan sleeve Mm -hmm. on the front it says one and on the back it has her birthday but it's, a, it's like baseball style, so it's like September where like your last name would be and then a one or a three. Eh. I just want her to wear a romper, actually. If I could find like a cute romper that wasn't like pink and frilly. And, you know, our theme is like kind of rainbow colors. So I thought something like bright and colorful would be nice. But everything's like pastel. Why does everything have to be like muted pastels for babies? It's so boring. I really miss shopping for baby clothes in Australia. The clothes there are so much better. Yeah. So much better. And we did kind of leave it a little bit late now so that we can't really order I, stuff. I noticed a lot of stuff was getting into winter, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like, oh, this is adorable, except it's like long sleeves and like long legs and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, seriously, am I this different than like everyone else? But it just feels like everything in like regular stores is like pink dresses, pink dresses, pink dresses. I just can't handle it. I cannot do it. Yeah, it's awful. And I now, especially because your mom was asking to, I want to, I'm going to take Sterling out and buy her a dress for her birthday. And you had to like inform her like, no. Yeah, I said, mom, you already had your time to dress your children on their first birthday four times, by the way, because you had four children. Now it's my turn. Oh, you're no fun. So now, especially because of that, I really am definitely not going to put her in a dress. (laughs) Just to piss your mom off in that. I'm going to revel in that. Well, and she also said, 
Because you guys dress her like a boy all the time. This from the woman who let you have a fucking undercut and run around in a boy's bathing suit when you were like eight. I never had an undercut. A mushroom cut. Yeah. Whatever. Same thing. Like, she's such a hypocrite. And fuck you. It's my baby and I will dress her. AKA, I don't, I don't dress her as a boy. I dress her gender neutrally. Mm-hmm. We dress her. And that's not even true because today she wore a pink romper with a bow on it that I then covered with her bandana. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah. Okay, so we have a message from a podcast listener. Do you want me to read it? Yeah. We Everyone knows I don't know how to read. You do. You just, the words get stuck in your, between your brain and your mouth. <laughs> hey, baby mamas. Just wanted to tell you how much I love your podcast and how happy I am to have found it. Myself and my wife are going through a similar process, and it's really helped me to hear your story. I've binge listened to every episode now, and it makes me feel so much less alone in this craziness. I hope you're both doing well, and I can't wait for your next episode. Hopefully soon. No pressure. (laughs) (laughs) So that was from Sarah. Thank you, Sarah. We really appreciate it. When I mean, we've been really lucky to have all these, you know, thoughtful, lovely listeners who take a moment and, uh, and write to us. I keep saying that. It's so nice to have people realize that, like, this is why we made this podcast, because it is really alienating, and we do feel alone, and having us be able to connect through the internet, it's so nice. Yeah. It just, it hel- it's helping me, too, even though we've been terrible podcasters. Thank you for the no pressure. I appreciate <laughs> that, but we put all of it on ourselves. <laughs> I think about it all the time. I'm always like, oh, she recorded, she uh. But it's been exhausting with Sterling at night because we usually record in the evening and then after putting her to bed, I'm like, I want to not talk or do anything. I want to stare at my phone. Yeah, we basically at night, we sort of just like are hardly existing. <laughs> like we're both on our phones and watching something at the same time or you're like editing stuff and we're barely even talking to each other, which is why I'm extra excited about our date night tomorrow night. Yeah, it's going to be our... 11th anniversary holy shit bitch we've been together forever and we already had our third wedding anniversary which we celebrated with ramen (laughs) oh so good yeah we went out for ramen and sterling used a straw for the first time and then made herself puke (laughs) because she drank so much water (laughs) we're like uh oh oh (laughs) maybe we should have stopped her it was just so fun for her um Things haven't only been terrible, though. Like, there's <laughs> been good stuff, too. Like what? Like, uh, like our, we went and visited our friend Emily, who's been on the podcast. Yeah, she had her second she baby. She had her second baby. She had a beautiful little baby boy who is possibly named, but I'm not sure yet. They were going back and forth between a couple of names. Mm-hmm. Uh, such a cutie. And she was like, I, I think she's Wonder Woman. She was so up and running around like just all over the place doing all sorts of things two days after her c-section yeah like she was yelling at the like not yelling at the nurses but was like take out the catheter take out the iv let me get i want to go to the bathroom get me out of here like i'm done i'm fine let me go bye i'm so impressed and i know that they're still like that high but still man i can't imagine yeah i hope i don't have to know you know nobody wants a c-section but she's like made me realize that, like, whatever, you know? If it has to happen, you can make the best of it. And she really has. She's only had C-sections now, so... Yeah. She's She's been really, like, an, a, like, non... I People just are so down on C-sections, and I, I'm down on unnecessary C-sections, but hers wasn't unnecessary. Oh, yeah, the other good thing that happened is that I actually got my business license. Yay! So I can start doing photography as a professional. Angie Dubay Photography, if you're looking for services. AngieDubayPhotography.com or on Facebook or on Instagrams. And that has been giving me huge anxiety. I know, I know. That's been really difficult for me because on one hand, I'll take some great pictures and I'll be like, yeah, these are amazing. Like I did a maternity shoot for Emily. And then... I was feeling so good after those pictures, and then I'll take some other ones and be like, these are the shittiest pictures. Oh, my God, what am I using, like, an old garbage can as a camera? Like, you're the worst. Yeah, so I've been having huge ups and downs about that. It's been difficult. It's hard to do. It's hard to take a chance like that, but I think we have contingencies in place, right? Like, you're not just relying on your photography. You're gonna, you have 
six or seven months left of your old job, which isn't helping. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, you have that time to build up and do, like, weekend stuff and night stuff if you have to. And then hopefully you'll be a bit more established with your photography. But in general, photography is not going to be, like, a an easy, steady income. So you're always, I think you're probably always going to need an, uh, another income stream. And it really seems like social media management is your niche. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Anyway. We'll figure something out. It's yeah. As long as you don't have to go to work nine to five and we don't have to pay for ch- childcare, you can work around my schedule. So whatever that looks like, if it's photography and some like, fuck, it could be photography and like, Starbucks. I don't care. Like, I, I mean, I don't really want you to work at Starbucks. Although we could, we'd get some perks. But anyway, you know, like, it can be whatever you want it to be. Yeah, I would rather you do many things than go back work to my at old Tim job. Hortons than go back to your old job. I know, yeah. I know. Um, I just think if you're gonna do something that you don't really care too much about and is like a whatever job, then you should do something that gets us some sort of benefit, like cheap groceries or like, I don't know. <laughs> that's all you care about. That's the only thing I can think of. We things have really changed. Free alcohol. <laughs> I just want to work somewhere that gives me cheap groceries. No, I don't want to work there. I want you to work there. <laughs> <laughs> um, or it could even be like taking on other people's children. Yeah, some like I was talking about that with one of my friends. She was saying, you know, I'm gonna need childcare at this point, so mm-hmm. blah blah blah. Yep, I wouldn't mind doing that either. Anyway. Yeah. Um. We'll figure it out. We will figure it out. I wouldn't let you do this if I didn't believe that you were talented enough. And you are. Thank you. You are. Because, like, I mean, I don't think you could get a bigger vote of confidence than me saying, yes, our livelihood (laughs) can be dependent on this skill of yours. Mm -hmm. And I've been so impressed at how hard you've been working at it. You've been doing really well. So... Yeah. I'm also, if for some, by some chance, we have uh, some, I really want to do wedding photography. So, a wedding photographer that's like a listener, hit me up. I'll second shoot or I'll even just come and watch you. You can mentor me. Mm. I would love to have some sort of mentor. Yeah, there's not a lot of people that do that. You often have to pay for it, which is not really in our. You market. do have to pay for it, and it doesn't happen often because then you're just creating your own competition. <laughs> Yeah. So it's kind of like, uh, do I really want to teach you all my secrets so then you can take my clients? Yeah. Well, it's kind of an interesting thing, right? Because I feel like it's probably an industry where word of the mouth is huge, but it's not like you're getting repeat clients that often, you know? Well, that's not true. You can. If they really like you, you'll do, you know, their engagement, their wedding, and then they might call you back to come do like newborn shots. Yeah, anniversary in that sense, but you're not like if we're just talking about wedding photography, it's not like you're gonna do weddings for the same person over and over and over again, right? Like maybe you'll do their sister or their brother or their you know, cousin or their like best friends. Mm-hmm. But it's not like it's not like someone can steal your clients is what I'm saying. Right? Yeah. And a lot of people care more about the style of the photographer and of course the price, but the style is like bigger than than everything else, I think. So, yeah. anyways, I think it's 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 going to be a bit tough to get established, and it's going to take a while. But I think once you are, it's going to be you're going to be so happy. You're going to be doing something like when you're you like time just disappears for you. You have no idea what's going on. You're editing, and you're just like in your happy place. I think you get so focused and so into it that like nothing else really matters. And it's so nice to see you doing something that you love. I do love it. I want it so badly. That's making me want to cry, too. (laughs) I just want you to be happy. I think that's why it gives me such high anxiety and stuff is because I'm like, I want this so bad, I want to work. And then I'm so hard on myself. Yeah. If, oh, I fucking underexposed this picture. Like, you can't. And then it goes to, like, what if you're in a situation and it's, like, the best picture and you can't fucking pull it out of your ass? There's always going to be another picture. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I guess there are some instances like they're only going to have their first kiss once. Exactly. Like, what if... That kind of stuff. But I'm at a wedding and it's, like, very poorly lit. And then they have, like, a really fast kiss and then I miss it. Who has a fast first kiss? I don't know. That's silly. Anyway. Yeah. There's lots of things that, that could go wrong and that will go wrong, but you'll learn how to deal with it. 
over time and you already know how to deal with a lot of that's like editing can help with that kind of stuff too and anyway you are very good at this already and you've technically not done it professionally yet oh thank you so don't stress okay um i feel like i wanted to talk about white supremacists oh but maybe in a different episode it's too much that's another thing that's been weighing is i mean we did oh we should talk about the fact that we went to the protest yeah we went to uh so there was a an anti anti-immigration anti-muslim protest here yeah it was scheduled for city hall on saturday this past saturday and we went, and they barely showed up. <laughs> yeah, so there was an anti-protest then planned, an anti-racism protest. And I think it was like three to 4,000 people showed up, and then maybe three of the three anti-immigration people three showed up. racist fuckers showed up. And, and like they were just like from we actually left before they got there because they were supposed to be there at two and we were just like oh we're no, hungry we left after two but we, there was no sign of them and there's such big crowds that we couldn't see we couldn't even really hear the speaker which was kind of annoying but it was impressive how many people showed up i think because i mean vancouver's got so many different communities in it that you, it's not really often that i think everyone kind of rallies around one cause and that's what it felt like yeah Um, but yeah, we left before they got there, but from what I saw on the news here, they were just loving the attention. Yeah. Which made me feel kind of like dirty, like we gave that to them. Well, and that kind of leads into the Tina Fey thing. I don't want to talk about Tina Fey, oh my god. Okay, never mind, I'm not going to talk about Tina Fey. I'm sure enough people have talked about her. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean... Yeah, but that's the thing. The people that actually showed up were the ones that were just like, I just want the attention. Yeah, and they were like smiling and just being like, ooh, yeah, I don't like Muslims, blah, blah, blah. And people would be like yelling at them. And then it made like a dark side of it come out because on one hand, there's a all A dark the... side? I yeah. think there was already a dark side. No, <laughs> I'm talking about of the counter protesters. So mm-hmm. the people that are on our side. Yeah, the um, good guys. Yeah, they had like love is the answer, love wins, all, all these signs. Peace, peace but and then and, this yeah. guy shows up with a sign that says don't let migrants in or something and they're like die Nazi scum and like take his his uh, sign, sign and rip it in half and kind of like shove him. him. Yeah. And on one hand, like we have a friend who thinks like you should meet that kind of ideology with violence. That there's a place for violence there. I don't know. I think that's true when it's hard to articulate, but I think that's justified in circumstances where those rights are actually potentially going to be taken away. But somewhere like Canada, like I'm not saying we're perfect. We definitely have a lot of issues and there's a huge problem with, you know, colonialism and racism in Canada. Absolutely. We have not treated Aboriginal populations well at all. But... We need to lock her out. That's why she was out. We should have. But I think that when you look at places like the States where, you know, immigration is possibly going to no longer be allowed and it's it's not unforeseeable that, you know, it's going to become criminalized to be non-American there, that violence... Like, I can understand the place where it in that kind of a climate, I guess. Anyways, but I think that the really the hope, the hope for the protest was that it would be peaceful, and largely it was. The police were pretty proactive with dealing with these racists. I'm just going to call them racists, because that's what they are. Um, and, like, you know, there was one guy, I can't remember his name, I don't care to know his name, but he's some sort of, like, known Holocaust denier who's, like, giving the, like... Heil Hitler Hitler salute salute. and like, you know. And smiling as people are like yelling at him. And the police just escorted him away like pretty quickly because they're like, you know, this is just going to, they're just going to incite violence. Um, So there wasn't actually any violence per se. There was, I mean, we saw some guy get stopped by the, I mean, and this guy was obviously some sort of like, you know, anarchist dude who was like just waiting for an opportunity to get violent. 
uh, he looked so suspicious. It was hot out and he's wearing like a thick black toque and long black sleeves and long black pants and like just looked out of place. Well, the police stopped him like kind of right in front of us and he, they pulled a, a knife out of his bag and a slingshot and stuff. And they're like, okay, come with us. Like mm-hmm. you're, you know, and he wasn't white. So it wasn't like he was on the side of it. It didn't seem to me like he was on anybody's side. He was just looking for violence or for like chaos, you yeah. know, for the opportunity to like riot or some shit, which I hate. I hate that contingent because it's like if you're not here for a reason, like just fuck off. You can yeah. find lots of ways to be violent. Like that's not anyway. Um, but it wasn't that no violence actually broke out, but it could have. And that bothered you that people were meeting these people that way. Yeah, I'm of two minds where on one hand, I do think there is a place to sort of, you know, get make them afraid of us rather than the other way around. But at the same time, if one of them is just standing there, not saying anything with a sign and we are holding signs that say love is the answer and then to be like, fuck you, die, and then rip their sign apart. It's like, who are you okay. loving right now? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think largely people were there because they wanted to show that there isn't room for that kind of hate speech here, that people don't want to hear that. More people support the cause of diversity and, and the sort of cultural melting pot that Canada is. Yeah. Sorry, I think we call us, they call us a mosaic, a cultural <laughs> mosaic, because we don't require assimilation here as much as I think maybe people do in the States. Um, but yeah, I, I think... It didn't need to be violent. There didn't need to be any kind of violence, really. Um, However, the Charlottesville situation is, like, totally different. Those people were yelling, like, die, faggot, and white lives matter in response to black lives matter, um, and just horrible things, in which case that's, like, threatening. Yeah. And maybe should be met with a little one, two, one, two. I don't know, those fuckers. That's fucking crazy shit. I know. It's it's so shocking every time I kind of realize that, like, this is happening in the world, that this is happening in the world not that far from us. It's, yeah. It's crazy. It's scary. It is scary. It's very scary. That's what I keep thinking, because I, I know I've, like, looked back on the civil rights movement in the States and seen the pictures and stuff like that and always been like, fuck, that must have been so frightening. And then looking at the people, the white people and the black people standing up for their own rights, even though they're getting sprayed with hoses or that people are throwing rocks at them and just thinking like those people are so fucking brave. Mm -hmm. And And now we require that bravery again. Yeah. But it's not just hoses and shit. It's like rubber bullets. It's fucking bear spray. It's people driving cars into crowds now. Like, I feel like people have gotten more violent, but maybe that's not true. I mean, I guess that's not true. I mean, before the, during the civil rights movement, there was a lot of violence too. The protesters in Charlottesville hid caches of weapons around the city. I know. Media is not really reporting on that, but it's pretty, I've heard on a lot of podcasts where they've been interviewing people saying that. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucked up. It's very fucked up. Anyway, um, I just like constantly keep thinking like we're so lucky to live in Canada to be white. <laughs> I mean, that sounds really fucking obnoxious, but it's true. I, yeah. it's not that I, I, I wish everybody had the same abilities, the same opportunities, the same privileges that we do. But, um, I just can't imagine what it would feel like right now to not be white. I can't, I don't know how people are handling that. Like it's hard enough sometimes just being a woman or being gay, but to not also not be, you know, to not be white, to have people not know if people think that you're, you know, equal to them because of that, something so fucking pointless and stupid and like completely meaningless, like race. I don't know why. I just don't, I can't understand it. I can't understand looking at somebody and thinking, I'm better than you because of the color of my... Because of something that I literally have no control over. Or not even I'm better than you, but, like, taking it further and being like, I'm better than you, and you need to, like, get away from me, and you shouldn't be allowed all this stuff. I just... I can't wrap my head around it, and I don't... I mean, I guess I shouldn't be able to, but 
so big. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. What you need to do if you're a white person, I think, is just be out there. Like, if you're mm-hmm. not attending rallies like this that are happening in your city, because I'm sure they're happening a lot all over the states and Canada and mm-hmm. in other countries as well, mm-hmm. if you're not getting your white ass out there to show your support, then it's that whole thing of, like, white silence is violence. Like, you need to mm-hmm. be a part of the movement. You need to be on their you're side. You're not a part of the solution. You're a part of the problem. Yeah. And, like, I do... I mean, I don't do a lot. I go to rallies when I can, and I I take time every day to sign petitions. I know it seems like nothing, but I signed a petition recently that was petitioning our um, the leader of the Conservative Party um, to distance himself from Rebel Media, which is a known white supremacist media site it's like the canadian breitbart basically yeah and there were enough signatures on that that it worked he like publicly distanced himself from it and said he wouldn't grant them interviews or anything anymore and i mean i know that's something small but it's like i can do that anyone can do that you know there's um like lead now and change.org like those places they just send you emails and you just sign a petition like a petition a day if it's something you agree with and it's anything from like you know help this one like there was actually a a a petition recently about a family who was being deported from manitoba and they were a south asian family and i was like yeah there's no reason for these people to be deported so i signed it like it's minimal but it's something and like also vote right like (laughs) inform be informed about your local politics and i definitely could be more informed and more involved but those are things that everyone can do even in Canada even in places where you don't necessarily feel directly threatened it's still something that we need to be on top of um because there were Canadians at the Charlottesville rallies not on the good side (laughs) no there were racists from Canada white supremacists from Canada on the at Charlottesville so we need to be just as vigilant as anyone in the States does. And anytime you have the ability to donate to these causes that are doing the frontline work, that are doing the hard work of like fighting for these rights, do. I wish I had more ability to do that. Obviously, trying to get pregnant is a very expensive process, so we don't really have a lot of extra money for that kind of stuff. But just do what you can, you know? Get more involved if you can. It's the only way things are going to change. Yeah. And trying to educate people around you. So if someone engaging in like micro racism or, you know, what do you call it? Microaggressions. Yeah, but they're saying now they're not microaggressions anymore. Now they've become macroaggressions. They're yeah. just aggressions. They're very in your face. But, you know, don't surround yourself just with people who think exactly like you do because we're all just like walking around going, oh, we're so smart. We're so involved. We're so great. Like that's not helping anything. It's great that we don't think like white supremacists, but if there's anybody around you who says something racist, like, Hey man, that's not cool. Why would you say that? You know, even something like that, it doesn't have to be a big, huge confrontation, but just trying to make other people think about what they say can be a big deal too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Language is important right now, especially. Yeah. And on that note, let's get our white asses out of here. All right, uh, our baby's sleeping, and we're going to watch Buffy Yes. and go to sleep. So, And then we're going to inseminate tomorrow, probably, maybe. I think so, if the timing works out well. I mm-hmm. haven't had any ovulation pain, so hopefully that happens, because that will make me feel more like I'm making the right call. Um, if you know me, don't ask a bunch <laughs> if I'm <laughs> pregnant. Uh, I've try- It's hard, because I, like, I tried not to talk about it during the two-week wait, just because it does feel like a lot of pressure already. But then I'm like, I, that's ridiculous. I'm talking about everything on a podcast. But then I'm like, well, you know, if people who are like in my family or people who know me, my friends, don't know necessarily because they don't listen to the podcast. Like, I don't really want to talk about it. Anyway, so. Except that you've been offering that information up to everybody. Not you everybody. told. Not everybody. A lot of people. No. Who did you, you told someone today? Your granny. I told her that I was trying. Yeah. So? I don't know. Just... That's my granny. Okay. It's fine. Anyway. 
She was supportive. My grandma knows. You told the receptionist at our medical clinic. Okay. You got so weird about this that I was talking about it with this receptionist at our GP. She has access. She gets all of this stuff because they send all the stuff. That doesn't mean that she wants to talk about it with you or even that she had been paying enough attention. But it's not not like read in depth. She just like files it. Dubay. Mm. No, oh, this is Erickson. I, but okay. I know her. I have a, like an ongoing relationship with her because she's been the receptionist at my GP's. For so you think she reads your file extra? No, I think she's probably aware. And it was like, it's like of no consequence to talk to her. It's like an extension of talking to my doctor about it. It's confidential. She's not going to go blabbing. It's not like she's going to call me and be like, hey, so what's going on with that? Like, <laughs> I know, but you also said it like in the waiting room, in a quiet waiting room. Full of I people like I don't everyone know. No, everyone knows. No, I talked to like three people about it, honestly. And you were like, oh my God. And like <laughs> people were asking me about it who listen to the podcast and know us, which is fine. Anyway. But I'm saying, don't ask me. <laughs> <laughs> if I bring it up, it's fine. I'm just like, there's nothing wrong with it if I'm bringing it up. But you were like, don't tell everybody, which I was like, no, I didn't say nobody could know. I just said, I don't want to tell everybody. I don't want to be like super open about it with everyone, but if I'm feeling comfortable to talk about it with someone, then I will. Okay. Anyway, you watch Game of Thrones this week? <laughs> I can't talk about Game of Thrones. Neither can I. I talk about another stressor show. in our life. Oh my God. <gasps> I'm surprised neither of us have had heart attacks as a result, but that's a Fuck. whole other topic. We could have a like, five-part episode about that. So let's just say Game of Thrones is intense and I can't handle it, but I'm still fucking watching it because, of course, I'm watching it. And good night. (laughs) That's what we do with Sterling every night and it makes her laugh so hard. And then we both kiss her on either side of her face. Yeah. That's really cute. Okay. Bye. Let's just not do the podcast at all. (laughs) Your baby mama's Thanks for listening to the Baby Mamas Podcast. Make sure to like them on Facebook and give them a great review on iTunes. Have a good day.